0: Alright folks, welcome back to the Made the Prague podcast. You're joining us on episode number 8 of season number 2. And we've only got two more episodes to go after this one. So very, very close to the end of season number 2. I really hope that you've enjoyed all the episodes that we've brought you so far and I know from some of the feedback that we've been getting online and emails and stuff like that, did use are really um, getting into the episodes and enjoying the stories so today's episode is with Simon Mowbray from the Churchill uh, flute band in Londonderry one of the oldest bands in the country and uh, Simon and me had a great conversation there about two weeks or so ago and uh, you know, just talking about his journey as a bondsman and also delving into a wee bit of history of the the Churchill Flute Bond. So, without any further ado, we're going to get stuck into the conversation with Simon. I'll be back at the end with some updates, let you know what's coming up, etc. And until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode with Simon. Um, welcome to the the Me to Priya podcast. I am joined by Simon Mowbray I'm from the the Churchill. Bond in Derry. Simon, you're very welcome with us on the episode today. Thank you, thank you. Not a problem at all. Great to have someone from uh, such a long established Bond uh, in the scene on with us. Simon, we'll just start off where we, where we normally start off all of our episodes. Is, tell us how you first got involved in a Bond and what sparked your interest? Yeah, well, I, I've,
1: I've been in, involved with the of Flute Bond since I was nine, uh, nine years of age. I'm forty 45 now. Um, but my dad, my dad was in the band, so he he's been in the, he's been in the Churchill uh, band now for 60, 60 plus years. So like I remember remember growing up as a as a kid and you know we used to always go out to, to watch the band and I would have walked along beside and uh, walked along in the in the back row and, and and so on. And really that 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 sparked my initial interest. I remember then my dad came home. Uh, we we lived in Lisburn at the time. Dad used to travel down to the down to Band, and sometimes we would have we would have stayed with my granny in Coria, and my dad would have driven mm-hmm. from London there down to Correa to pick us up, and then back home to Lisburn. But I remember one night he came home with uh, with a pickle, uh, and he, it was you know, obviously the, the pickle was tiny, and uh, he it was I was maybe at that stage it was maybe six or seven, and that was the first at that, at that stage I got got my first flute and I really just started you know picking it up from there and then whenever i was about uh, just 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 shy of my ninth birthday then i started started the learner's class and uh, i've been in the band ever since
0: so uh, sam what do you remember from those early days you know the first practice and learner's class and all that
1: uh, well as, as well as you know here here in the band for that first time there was a there was a guy at the time called Willie doherty who used to take the to take a learner's class and I remember going up with about four or five uh, other people at that stage, and you know, because I'd had the flute at home already, I could, I could, you know, I could play a bit in terms of getting the sound. I knew how to finger a few, a few of the notes, but I remember vividly, almost like a like that Eureka moment, whatever, it dawned to me, um, you know, that what was written on the stave and written on the musical correlated with what I was doing, um, you know, on on the flute, and it sort of I remember things really taken off from that stage. But I I lived and breathed uh, the the flute at that stage. Used to come home from school every day. It was the first thing went into into my hand. Used to practice night night and day. Mum used to give off a, used to take the flute into the toilet even great <laughs> <laughs> great acoustics in the bathroom. <laughs> Definitely great acoustics. But I remember I remember one night practicing at home and we lived in a, in a semi-detached house at the time and I was up in my bedroom uh, playing the flute and the next door neighbor uh, he he played the the side drums in uh, Eglinton accordion Brilliant. band, and as I started playing the flute, he started drumming along <laughs> on the other side of the, other side
0: of the wall. So it's so. a we it was, we community bomb cool. practice going on. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs>
1: Brilliant! There's na- Neighbors on the other side of the street don't. I don't think they understand this, but. Uh,
0: Brilliant. And is there anything you mentioned there a wee bit about how you know recognizing what was going on in the Steve and how that was a real maybe learning curve for you? Was there anything else that really helped you with the the learning process?
1: Um, I I would say you know I I I went on I went on through through school ended up uh, studying I studied A level music and uh, but most of my grounding and and the learning of of the flute was entirely through. Uh, was entirely through the band you know i I never never had what you might call a formal lesson you know with a with a, a tutor or a, a peripatetic uh, teacher that comes into schools or i never went and it was it was entirely entirely through the band um that, that 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 i learned um i'm a competitive sort of a sort of a soul and i used to always you know look to the the best players and better players within the band and always looked you know to to try and get myself to that to that level uh as well so there was always there was always that that competitive nature but what i what i really enjoyed uh, as much as learning the music was was picking up the playing of the flute by ear mm-hmm. as well and um, so I, I i would listen to the music and um i'd just pick up the, the flute and almost like like play along Um i remember coming downstairs when uh, i was maybe 11 or 12 at the time and uh Told my mom I'd, I'd written this this new song, Right. and I said, so what, what do you what do you hear this?" And I started started playing this tune, and she started singing along with it. I was disappointed. It was Moon River, but I, I, I thought that I, I thought that I that I had uh, composed this song, but I'd obviously heard it somewhere, um, and I was I was a bit miffed when she started singing uh,
0: along with it. I'm sure she's also a bit miffed that you didn't actually. read right? You could have made a few pounds from that. Like it could have been worth a fortune. <laughs> Brilliant. And did your dad spend time with you at home, kind of going through things? Yeah,
1: well, according to him, he taught me everything, everything that I know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, I would, I would refute that one. Um, dad, right. but dad, dad played. He plays the the alto. Uh, right. the, what's the band? One of the one of the big, uh, the big bass flutes. But I suppose, um, you know, he he, I, I joke that you know he, he says he taught me he taught me everything that I know. But you know, there's definitely that that encouragement there. Um, you know, to, to to push on, and of course, if if I was playing something in the house, see he would obviously have told me, "Oh, you need to, you need to do this, or you need to do that," and I, quite often I'd hand him a foot, and I said, go on, you show me that." Uh, right. No, no, I, I don't, I don't need to do that. you just listen to what I'm saying?" Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just that, that that encouragement, and you know, as as a young fella growing up in in the band, and you know, the, the development of you know friends that you meet within the band, and like all all those older guys that you know, the, the, my dad would have knocked around with as well. You know, we we looked up to them as being as being role models, um, yeah. and they all sort of provided us with, you know, with that
0: direction within the band. Um, right. Yeah, no, and you were talking there about people who you aspired to be like in the band, older members or better players, who kind of inspired you to get, you know, to get dedicated more yourself. Any Anybody in particular stand out?
1: Yeah, well, I, suppose, I suppose the main one, uh, and it's, it's someone that's, you know, people within band in circles will be very familiar with him. Would have been uh, Drew Porter. Um, so Drew, like Drew, was was con- he was conducting the band whenever I started. Um, he 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 played the piccolo as well. There was another fellow called called Colin Armstrong, and I remember just being mesmerised and blown away by you know the by the by the piccolo. Um, and I suppose looking up to the the two of the, the, the two of them. And then I remember Colin when I was about maybe twelve or thirteen. I remember Colin left the band and he he moved to the Belfast. And I remember remember Drew coming up, and anybody that knows him, although he, he, he called you by your first name, but then stuck a, an S Y on the end of it. So I was I was and I remember he he, he come up to me and he goes Samzy, he says Collins Calm, Collins left, and he says and need someone to step in and, and, and play the piccolo. and uh, he says, "Would you would you fancy having having a go at it?" That's what I thought. You know what? When you're young and at that stage, you'll you'll have a go at a go at anything. So I get stuck in. I remember him. Uh, I used to come over to band practice early on a Tuesday night. Uh, for about forty five minutes or so, and he used to used to take me through through the marches uh with all the you know, with all the pickle parts and remember at that stage you know we were playing things like gladiators farewell and um flag empire um and you know lots of marches with with you know intricate intricate piccolo solos within them and I remember thinking to myself you know that 's very much sink or swim and uh that's that's where the sort of the mentality really come in, and to, to practice and practice and practice as, as much as it could. So Drew Drew would definitely have been a have been an influence. Um, Janice Janice Channing's in the band with, with with me as well, and has been has been for years. Janice is probably one of the one of the best OG players that uh, that that you know you find in, in the country. And again, I haven't sat beside beside her for years. You know, you definitely. You learn learn a lot from from her as well. Uh, she always jokes that she plays the fast stuff and I play the <laughs> nice stuff. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, but again, you know, the, the, if 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 you had a quarter of of Janice's ability, it would definitely it would, would stand you stand you in good stead. And then you always looked at you know you always looked at other bands and and listened to other bands, and you know you tried to tried to get yourself to you know to the, to the standards of of some of those those folks, but. You know, just with, with work commitments and one thing now it's not it's not as handy or as straightforward in family it's not as handy or straightforward to practice uh, as much as what it, what it used to but definitely in those, in those younger teenage years and early 20s you know the, the flute very seldom left left my hand
0: yeah i know that i know that feeling well and uh you know it was at the very beginning it was like it, I, mean, I always talk about it, it became like an obsession you know and I, everything that i could do to get every tune learned off by heart. Um, that was, that was my, that was my goal. And, uh, you know, it was every wake a moment, every spur a moment. And I always remember sort of friends and stuff calling for me and going, listen, I'm not coming out. Um, I'm practicing, you know, I need to, I need to put the time in. Um, so what age were you then whenever Drew approached you about picking the, the piccolo up? I think it was about 13. Uh, yeah, I was about, about, about
1: 13, 14 uh, at, at that stage. And, you know, I remember that, at, at that stage there was there was probably about four or five of us in the band, you know, of a of a similar age. And I remember remember being chuffed to bits, you know, whenever whenever he did he did ask it, you know, because was, there was any any of us could have could have had a could have had a go at it at, at that stage. But uh, it was nice just that that, you know, he he recognised I suppose what he saw as a bit of a bit of uh, a bit of talent or a bit of uh, a bit of bit of opportunity. Um but it was, it was uh, that was that was
0: something that that I that, that I vividly remember. I mean, three, four years into playing with the band, and you're asked to take on the Piccolo, I mean, you 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 gotta feel good about that to be honest with you. You know, I mean, in the end, taking it on and learning, I mean, that's gotta be you know. And Drew asking you, you've you've gotta be stoked about that, like, uh mm-hmm. oh, undoubtedly, yeah, very much so. Uh, and how did you find that then, in terms, of obviously, transitioning from if you were playing, were you playing? treble g or what were you what were you playing beforehand
1: i've been playing i've been i've mostly been playing playing the concert and probably i've been on treble g maybe for about for about a, a, a year or so at, at that stage um but you know as well as as well as the the, the, the piccolo within the within the marches and you know, I, I nothing I not, nothing i enjoy more than getting out and, and marching with the band but mm-hmm. at, at that stage we were also uh, competing in the in the NIBA contests in in, in uh, October, and then doing the, the Flute band league contests in in um, in February. So as well as as well as learning marches and so on, we were also learning overtures. And you know, I remember remember playing things like Sampa, um, the Barber Barber of Seville. Um, you know, those and to and to sit down and and that 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 was actually quite nerve wracking. You know, when you're you're sitting there in front of an audience I granted there wasn't always huge audiences uh, mm-hmm. at them but you know knowing that there's a, an adjudicator sitting with the score in front of you and following uh, following the music and you know watching to see you know, listening to, to see if there were any mistakes and so on that was it was definitely pressure but it, yeah. it was pressure you know in in, in many ways it's it was pressure um, I, I was quite sporty as well, uh, growing up so you know, the, the pressure that you were putting yourself under from from the musical point of view helped you whenever you were moving into the pressure um, of, of things you know sporting related. And then with, with the job I do at the minute, there's obviously quite a, quite a bit of stress involved in, in it as well. And quite often we are, we are speaking in front of audiences and so on. So that grounding that I got in the, in the teenage years you know, through the band and circle has definitely stood me in, in good stead moving, moving forward. And that, that confidence that, that you can develop and you know, self-assurance is definitely something that, 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 that helps moving forward.
0: Well, cool. We'll probably expand on it a wee bit later on as well. And in terms of, you know, when you started marching with the bond, because obviously you're saying there that there is nothing like more than the march with the bond. How long did it take you before you started praying with the bond? What was your first parade and how did that all go for you? Yeah, um, funny. I was,
1: I was looking through photos there recently. And, and uh, so, so I, I started in, in the September um and went through the the learners class and would have went out and did the first parade then in the following august uh and it would have been the, the apprentice boys parade uh in august because i have a picture with um with with myself and, and my dad and my great uncle uh, who's passed away he, he was he was in the apprentice boys based in coventry and he had he had come home that year uh to to, to march the to, to march the city and so on and uh it was it was so it was the following summer after um, after starting that that September. But I remember that was something that, that you always look forward to was getting out on your getting out on your on your first march in the in the uniform. And I remember I say, I was only supposed to do part of it um, because I would have been what ten at that stage. Um, but you know, it's like everything else, the the excitement kicks in. And I remember whenever my mum came to take me out, it's quite a long quite a long marches, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, anything stand out for you from that parade, apart from obviously your mum coming along the, the trail you of the ranks or whatever, but anything mm-hmm. stand out for you in that parade?
1: No, I, I probably didn't play an awful lot, <laughs> looking right. back on it. Um, but it was, it was just that excitement of, of being being part of a group and being part of uh, an organisation and, you know, feeling that, that just uh, that excitement and, and the, the, you know, I wouldn't have known all these words at the time, but the adrenaline uh, that... That, that went with it, um, and so that that was, you know, it it definitely it, it give you a buzz and a, and a you know a desire to, to to do it again and, and to do more. So that really, I I clearly remembered and and thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Brian, have you a favourite parade or is the dairy day the one?
1: Yeah, it's it's probably it's probably favourite. Um, we we do um, with the. Um, but on the 12th of July, we we do the parade down in Cullmore in, in the morning, which is right down, you know, at the at the tip of tip of Foil. We generally start at at half seven in the morning. That's one I don't particularly enjoy, <laughs> and it's 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 all it's all uphill. And if you see two people, <laughs> out right, out this to, to year it might might be the height of it, but you know the 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 Toth of July, especially, you know, in, in places like Lima Valley and Korea, you always get huge crowds uh, come out to the 12th of July in those areas. But it's nice, you know, being in a band from the city, it's nice prating around your own city. Um, and especially, you know, you're you're always seeing familiar faces and you know supporters of, of of the band and so on and they always give you a give you a great a great welcome. Um so yeah, I would say I would say it's it's probably probably my favourite. We used to go down uh, the band used to go down to Limerick um for the for the international uh, music festival mm-hmm. um and that that was always a fantastic experience as well because um there was a like a style and appearance uh, component to that as well yeah. but the crowds crowds were huge you could have been maybe seven or eight deep down the down the main street in in limerick and you know again a band from northern ireland we were we were always given um you know like a, a fantastic welcome um i remember we 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 did it one year and um Big Alley Little from uh, from the William King was playing. He was playing the bass drum with us, right. and we were told uh, now that, that, that there was a, a section where the, the adjudicator would be to decide uh, decide which you know which 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 band was going to. But whenever they nobody was listening. Whenever they told us where where that area was, so we went down the Main Street in Limerick playing Imperial Echoes. Right. And we must have played it six times because we didn't want to stop. In case we stopped at the place where the where the, the adjudicator uh-huh. uh, was, but there there was no, I I wasn't here for this one. But the, the band went to um, they went to the the Somme one year. I wasn't able to get off work to go to it. But um, they we just got the new red tunics mm-hmm. at that stage, and whenever they came around, I think it was to the uh, to the to the Thiebel Memorial, um. The band was directed right right up to the right up to the very front they thought that, that, that the band was the one of the the regimental bands it was, right, was performing okay. uh-huh. but they got stopped and i went the one of this the guy came over to over to the band and asked to speak to the musical director that was uh was drew
0: right
1: and uh, the guy says so 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 sir he says have you got the national anthem that national anthems with you and drew says no he says, Nobody told us anything about the national anthem, and he says, "Well, you have to play the the the, the French national anthem and the Belgian national anthem." Drew says, "No, nobody, nobody told us does that." He says, "You know, I, I would know the French if you told me the Belgian. To play it for you." But the guy was, the guy was, he just he couldn't get his couldn't get his head around it that these guys had that this military band had turned up and then. Apparently in the distance, end Drew, Drew, he he got many a, a mileage to tell him that story. about uh, if you if you get home it, I could probably play it. <laughs> and the the guy apparently was in, in absolute dismay that that uh, this that this that this had, that this had happened. And uh, just with that, then they they could hear the another band coming in the distance. It was the real uh, regimental band that was there. Thankfully they they had the national anthems with them because. Uh, uh, Drew, uh, Drew got a, a lot of mileage out of that one, telling the story about that. If if you hum it, I
0: could probably play it. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you got a favourite story of Drew outside of that one? Because I know obviously Drew is a major part of the sort of the history of the Bond, and I suppose even with the William King as well. Is there a, another kind of story that kind of sums up Drew for you?
1: Oh, yeah, the man, the man was a legend. You could spend you could spend all night talking about him. I remember a remember a prayed up in Loch Gall it was for the for the anniversary of the formation of the, the Orange Order. And of course we, we got to the field and nothing would do but we need to needed to have a beer. So oh we we, we walked country roads and, and over hill and dike and we eventually find found this place. where so we were we're sitting outside having a having a having a beer and um uh paddy paddy bell from uh from the Bolly walter band he he appeared on the scene too and paddy had arranged the contest piece uh for for the, that that was that must have been september and the the contest piece was in in october and of course paddy opened this this conversation with with drew he said well drew what did, did you get the piece and what what did you think of it and drew goes ah oh, paddy says to be honest with you it was easy peasy he says easy peasy <laughs> uh you know that, that'll That'll will not challenge the bands at all. Easy, easy peasy. So of course we went to the contest about a month later. Last game, <laughs> <we> last. Colin, <laughs> Walter knocked us out of the out of the park. And uh, I remember, 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 Patty saying to drew afterwards. He says, uh, "You still think that piece was easy peasy, Drew?" <laughs> but um, drew, 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 He would never, never, never miss preeds that, that that I that I could remember. But uh, I remember one year he, he, he had, had a he, he had a hip replacement. And on the on the twelfth morning we, we formed up outside his, his house in the fountain. So we decided that we would sort of march, march up to it, thinking we'll we'll wake him out of his bed and one thing or another. We bugger standing at the front door with a full band uniform on standing with, with the standing the attention and, and giving us a giving us a, a salute. Oh, and then one one of the funniest ones was he had got a he had a glockenspiel. Right. He was renowned for for the glockenspiel, but he could never he could never get the band tuned with the the glockenspiel. So instead of instead of working for a while to get the band tuned, he took a hacksaw right. to the glockenspiel and he basically took a chunk off of each of the each of the um you the, know, the, the different sections of right. it to try and get the, the thing tuned. But I remember remember my shouting to him one evening coming over. Over the Craigavon Bridge, he said, "Porter, a tailor, you are that glockenspiel is going into the river." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, said, he was a wild man, Drew. wild man. Brilliant. And and aside from obviously the asking you to take the piccolo one, what other? What would you say the influence that drew hard on you? Um,
1: on on me, I suppose
0: you know. Again, just that that commitment that he that he
1: had to the band. You know, he'd been in it. He'd been in it a, a lifetime. His brother Sammy uh, was w- w- was in it as well. And a lot of his sons would have been through it. And it was that real that real family connection um that, that stuck with the band and that that stickability and durability that you know even when you had other things and other interests, whether sport or, or gaming or whatever was happening and going on at that time, Tuesday night was was band night. And you know, you always always and when the band was out, you know, we were all out and there was no um, you know, there was no uh, like the, the the band. You know, it's uh, over the low, but you know we've got this. Our hundred and eighty fifth year, and like throughout throughout that generation of time that I've been in it, you know, there was always struggles at times with you know with getting numbers and, and so on and so on. But nobody ever liked saying no to Drew. You know, if if, if uh, you know if, if if something was happening or the band was either one thing or another or somebody was thinking about leaving, it was almost like you know you couldn't go and say hey, Drew. I'll leaving the band here, I'm, okay. I'm giving it up. I have to say I, I never, never ever thought that, but I know I know of, <laughs> of, of of a few members that that just could never bring themselves to go and say, Drew I'm, I'm sorry, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm packing it in, because they always talked you out of it. Always, <laughs> always talked you out Yeah, no, definitely,
0: never... the, the stories I've heard of Drew is he, he was a very persuasive man so... Um, oh, happy days. And in terms of obviously the Learning the Piccolo and bring it on. Was there a piece in particular, one a, a particular Piccolo piece that you really loved playing, and one that maybe really challenged you as a player?
1: <laughs> Most of them challenged me, <laughs> honestly,
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Um, but I, I sort of always find that you know when, whenever you got those pieces, it was like a, it was like a, a, a personal battle that you always tried to, you know, you get, to, you, you never wanted it to get the, get the better of you and you never you never wanted to let yourself down whenever you whenever you went to that uh, that performance I remember playing um, we went up a couple of years and competed in the in the senior section and I remember going up and playing uh, Fingal's Cave uh, from, the, from the Hebrides Overture and it was it was horrific you know the, <laughs> uh, were, you were in five five or six sharps and, and different different pieces of it um, but uh, that, that was probably probably the, the most difficult Um uh, I, you know, ironically, for someone that, that that plays plays the piccolo, I actually I quite enjoy, um, you know, playing some of the some of the slower, more melodic uh, pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, one of the things that um, I would have worked quite quite a bit on would have been tone and sound quality. Um, so you know, some of those some of those like we, we we're playing a, a couple of pieces at at the minute. Um, the concerto d'aranjuez. Um, you know, that's in, in the brass off film. Mm-hmm um and it's it's a it's a beautiful piece of music and i i play the solo c actually whenever whenever we 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 come to play that uh-huh. but uh you know just the, the the variety of 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 music that that the the bands open you up to uh you know everything from from overtures to things from the musicals to film music to marches and loyal tunes uh, like you know the the breadth of 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 uh, a range of the different genres of music you know is, is like you, 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 could you could go to a band practice, and on any given night you could end up playing you know five or six completely different and and varying types types of music, um and that that's that's one of the things that I find most enjoyable about
0: it. And you you were talking a wee bit about there um stuff that you were doing to improve your tone and your your technique and stuff like that. There, what what actually did you do? To, to help you with that, because I know that one of the things that we, we like to talk about a on me as well is about you know that commitment to um, musical excellence and improving your craft and stuff. What kind of things did you do to help you with that?
1: Yeah, well, in 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 the earlier in the early days, I would have tended the focus. You know that the, the, the vib- vibrato was very much sort of originating from from the throat and you know from the from you know from from the sort of the back end sort of realize from from listening to different types of music uh, that you know things were changing and, and things were things were evolving. Um, you know, and whenever I, I, I studied in, in Belfast for, for a few years and would have um would have practiced with the, likes of the, the Ravenhills and would have would have played with, with Bally Guyon in, in the in the past and I've it, for, for Bally Walter on a on a couple of occasions and you know listening to those players that were that were better than you. Um, and you know, asking them questions about, um, you know, and, you know, different different people sort of saying, you know, that sound really comes comes from your stomach and from your diaphragm mm-hmm. more so than your your throat. And then, as you began to test those things out, and you you know, you just having that ear that you can listen and know yourself that that sounds better, and that's that's a better way of doing it. Um, you know, I suppose that's that's right. Would have would have seen the seen the development. The biggest regret I actually have is, is not doing grades. Um, I, I, I didn't. I never never studied any grades. Um, and I remember remember uh, chatting to Richard Douglas from um, from uh, Ballock I remember him saying to me one day, he says, so "If you can play scales and our ar- arpeggios, you can play anything." Uh, and you know it is. It's it's very true. Um, and that that's probably probably one of the, the biggest regrets. When I was going through school, I studied GCSE and A-level music and would have obviously played music for the A-level practical, you know, that would have taken you to sort of grade seven, grade eight level. But um, that was that was one of my big, biggest regrets, actually, is not, not doing grades. But I think I'd, I'd seen some people in school that, you know, they could, they, they had completed their grades and they could, um, you know, they could rope learn a piece of music. But whenever you actually set, a, a, you know, a brand new piece of music down front of them, it was like you were... Setting something down that was in, in double Dutch, yeah. uh, and that's that's I, I I didn't like that aspect of it. But with hindsight, I really wish that that I, that a study more yeah. degrees.
0: You mean we get the best of both worlds, you know, sort of you know the learning by rote and being able to get you know that almost precision thing going on, and then mm-hmm. the whole idea of learning by ear and being able to kind of improvise a wee bit. And I've had that with some people who have been very classically trained. You know, where you sit there and try and improvise with them, and they, they're lost um mm-hmm. the, there's nothing there in front of them to follow and they're they, they, they struggle a wee bit you know so it sounds like you've got the best of both work
1: yeah yeah I'll de- definitely and you know like one of, one of the things i do for a pride myself like if i if i was sitting and somebody said can you play such and such um you know i could lift the flute and and have a go at it or if if there was music playing in the background i could lift the flute and sort of within a note or two either side could kind of Pick up what what key it's in, and quickly sort of slide into that, and 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 play along. Um, and you know, in, in in many ways, that's a more sort of practical, um, practical way. But I suppose, it, you know, with, without the band and circles, that reading of the music and and the development, you know, and 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 you know, developing that ability to read music, I probably wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked it up without that.
0: All right. So you, so you mentioned something about listening to players and talking to them. Was there any particular techniques that you implemented to help with your, you know, development of your plan? You know, like in terms of skills um, and breathing exercises or anything.
1: Um, but breathing, breathing is, is always something that I, um, you know, would would have focused on. And I, 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 I conducted the band for maybe four, four or five years, and you know it. Just to just to do my head in, you know, people breathing in the in the wrong places, and you know, <laughs> and you're thinking, and, and what I used to say to them is, I said, if you were singing that, is that the way you would sing it? Would you take a big deep breath there in the middle of of those two words, or would you take a huge deep breath before you play your before you play your final note? in that, um, so you know that that whole, and again, it, it comes back to my my preferences is probably playing the the slower pieces or the more um, you know, sort of moderate moderate paste, uh, pieces and with that with that focus on sound and on breathing, um, along with that. But again I wish with that sight that I'd have spent more time on the on the sort of the faster, more more pernickety, uh, aspects of, of, of the playing. Yeah. But um there's some there's some phenomenal musicians within the within the the, the band and circles and I suppose it's like everything if if you're not if you're not looking to the people that are really the the movers and the shakers, and the folks that are in the in the there and the now, and looking to aspire, uh, you know, to to those kind of levels, and you know, you do wonder then why 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 would you, you know, yeah, because there's no there's no reason that that you know we shouldn't all be trying to to make ourselves sort of better than better than what we are. who's that's the, that's the teacher?
0: I was talking to a guy called Mark Rayleigh. Um, he's the, the the sergeant major with the US. Old guard Faith and Drummond. He was he shared something interesting with me in regards to the idea of improving just not your technique but just everything in regards to your body. And he says that you're you're the you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with or listening to or around and stuff. And I always thought that that was a an interesting kind of thought. You know what? Am I listening to who? Am I listening to or you know what kind of influences are are coming my way? So. In
1: light of that, who would, who are the people you admire now who play Piccolo's? Um, Andrew Douglas, I suppose, would be would be absolutely, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Margaret, market and and volley Loan, as well. You know, um, I, I, I won't say this because I'll, you know, I'll never live it down. But Ali, Ali, no, <laughs> actually, with, uh, with, 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 with William King, you know, Ali's uh, you know, the, you know it's a as a as a top class a top class player as as well. You know, suppose like all of them are 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 phenomenal, uh, phenomenal players. Um, I suppose what what is a bit unfortunate, uh, and especially during lockdown, but even even prior to that, you know, with the with the contests that are that are on, um, you know, in in October and, and February, the way they're structured, quite often, you know, with by the time you come and you have your practice beforehand and then you go and you actually, actually take part. And then, you know, quite often you're, you're skipping on afterwards. You don't, you don't get to hear um, as many of, of the other bands playing as, as possible. But uh, for the last two or three years, the, the, the Churchill band have... have um, we, we've run our own concert in the our contest in the Memorial Hall in November. Uh, and, you know, you get the, the likes of Guyon, uh Guyon, Ballet, Ballet Loan, Hamiltons and so on would, and Hunter Moore um, would would all come down and, and take part in that. And you know, it's it's a fantastic afternoon just to sit and to listen uh, to, to to some of the fabulous uh, quality you know that's that, that that's on display, and, and the range, uh, the range of music uh, that's there. You know, so that the like that's for anybody who hasn't been to that. Uh, when we get it up and going again next year, it's definitely it's a it's a very worthwhile day out you can even sit and have a beer while you're
0: listening. yeah no, i've been to a few of the the, the Churchill competitions not to say it's a, it's a, it's a great weekend in total you know we used to come up and stay over and uh, mm-hmm. you know and, and, and make a and make a weekend of it and stuff you know so and uh, it, it's great the, the talent on display from sort of the, the senior bonds and also from the melody bonds and stuff is absolutely is top class so 39 years worth of experience in terms of the the Churchill for yourself, you've got to have some standout moments.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I definitely. Um,
1: the, the the Belfast tattoo I think was was probably one of the one of the highlights. We we did it um, for two years, um, so it was not not September past there, but the the previous uh, the previous September, um, ourselves and Polly Walter. Um, would have would have done a a, a combined a uh, combined performance and then i think it was 2013 or 2012 um there were there were four bands um ourselves kahard um bali lone and i'm struggling to remember who the who the fourth one was at that stage but you know that just walking out in into the that arena in in, in the belfast you know in, in the belfast arena to seven or eight thousand people um the the first year uh that, that we did it, um Nigel uh, Edgar, who was who was the, the musical director of it, he, he said to me reasonably at the at the last minute, he says, I was thinking whenever whenever we're walking out and getting into position, um, I was looking to see if you would play Lily Bolero, uh-huh, um, yeah. as a solo so for so myself and one of the side drummers, Alistair Thompson from from our band. We basically walked out and he that it the, the, was just the two of us playing and was mic'd up uh, and so on to, to, to carry the sound but of course the boys in the band they were taking a hand out of me uh, beforehand about you know get that wrong and the the start of lily bolero is very similar to the start of Lanigan's ball and they were carrying on singing Lanigan's ball and so chubby he he starts the three beat drum roll and i got that last minute flash going through my head thinking what tune am I playing here? Uh, and I, I was I was terrified and petrified that I was going to start playing Lannigan's ball instead of instead of Lily Valero. But thankfully that 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 didn't happen. But one of the nights that um, that they were doing, they accidentally left the microphone on on the on the piccolo. So it was only supposed to be on for that for that first week section uh, until we got into position. But I didn't notice at the time. But it was somebody said afterwards. Did they not turn your, your microphone on? And I says, "Well, I didn't know. Was I tell you it was it was pressure uh, doing a doing a, <laughs> a a ten or twelve minute slot if I'd have known that the the microphone was on was on on the whole time. But those those events in the um in the in the type in the uh, the the arena were 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 fantastic. Um, but you know um that the, the time as well we we played at the men and gate um." In in Eap was a was a, a real standout moment uh, as well. Um, I remember, I can't remember what year it was, but winning winning the first contest. Um, you know when I was when when I was 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 playing the, the piccolo with the band. Um, and just you know some of the the, the, the parades, parades in Limerick. Um, we've been over a couple of times and done the Lord Mayor's Parade in in London as well. And again, that's that's a that's a an experience not to be. Not to be missed if any bands ever get the chance to go and do that I would, would thoroughly recommend it's a long day but it's extremely well organized and the crowds in the, in the center of London is they're just they're, 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 they're fantastic Um. so yeah there's been loads of standout moments uh, over the years without doubt
0: And I suppose leading on from that in terms of obviously the opportunities that being a member of a bond has, has brought to you what would you say are some of the positives? That being in a band has brought to your life. You were alluding to some stuff earlier on in regards to has prepared you for dealing with maybe some stress and things like that. There, but what would you say the positives are in terms of what being a member of a band has brought to your life?
1: Uh, I think I think from a, from an early teenage years, it sort of it it, it brings up um, commitment. You know, like it, it is a it is a huge uh, commitment to be in a band. There's you know, there's times when the band was going out. I, I remember sort of in those. Those years when you're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, when you're starting to thinking of going out on a Saturday night and one thing or another, and maybe the band was out, and you're thinking, oh, "Would I rather go out with my mates, or would I rather go and play at a at a at a concert in a in a church hall?" <laughs> um, it was, it, you know, there was some of that, that make you realise that you know when when you're in something, that you know you're in it, and you can't you can't pick and choose, uh, when you go and when 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 you don't go. Um I married someone from, from outside of the outside of band and circles and in and, and those early in those early days she couldn't quite get her get her head around it that you know that when you're in a band, you're in a band. But uh, that that changed and uh, that that definitely changed. There, there's no doubt about that. Um that that idea as well that you're encouraged to always try and get better at, at whatever it is, uh, whatever it is that that, that you're doing. Um Certainly, I find I I i, I'm a, I as a teacher, I'm now now a principal of a school, and you know having that connection with some of the male students within within school, like when when they when they know that you're that you're in a band, and you know maybe they are in in bands as well. You know it, it helps with that that connection uh, as well. I remember remember going up into up into a music class when I, I taught in, in Castle Dirk High School, and uh, there was a group of older boys in it, you know sort of guys with a had a bit of reputation for, for mucking around and whatnot. But they, they were in they were in one of the local bands. And uh, so I, I there was a flute sitting um, and I, I said to the guy says, Well what, what's that there? He said, Oh that's that's a flute. And of course I, I, I picked it up and pretended to to blow in it and sort of made a real howler of it and <laughs> one and of course they were they were they were laughing and, and sniggering and one thing or another. And then I, I had another go and this happened with Like three or four times having you know blowing in it and making a real mess of it and of course they were you know really belittling me. And (laughs) but the fifth or sixth note I just hit a clear note that kind of rang out around the room and you could see them sort of steadying up and and, and beginning to look and the music teacher he was sitting at at the piano and I I said to him I said here dude I said do you know do you know the sash and he says oh and I said "Try, try the try the try the key of D there where I started playing playing the sash on, on and they picked up those drumsticks and they started drumming away on the table uh, right. along with along with the sash and then I broke into the soldier song and they'd obviously never heard it right. but he kept playing along and I, I and they were drumming away oh, had, like, and boys <laughs> on the table <laughs> so they, they they hadn't but you know if, if it was a relationship that you that you could strike up with those guys um, that you know that. That you know, otherwise they they mightn't have seen just the, the the relevance. And you know, I think I think that's that's something that education can definitely play a a role in and making that connection between schools and and with and with the with the bands as well. And then I suppose what else? It's it's like standing up and 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 playing. You know, in front of people, either as a soloist or as, as part of the band. You know, gives you that, that confidence whenever you're standing up in front of people in different contexts, either doing presentations or making speeches or, or one thing or another. It it definitely helps with with that uh, with that as well. But um, no, I I I look back on my, my, my time within the band very very fondly, and definitely a lot of lot of skills and qualities developed that I probably wouldn't have had if, if I if I hadn't been in, in, in the band.
0: That's great to hear because it almost sounds to me a wee bit like the experience that you had in the bond hall in terms of, you know, learning your instrument, joining the bond and being able to connect with lots of people from different age ranges and things has really come into play in your life, you know, in terms of your job and not making using the, the instrument, using that experience to make connections with people. Um, and as you say, if you hadn't had that experience in the bond, then potentially that may not have been there. You may have got it from somewhere else, but obviously, it's had that positive influence to enable you to do that. You know, and I think it's really important that we that we highlight, you know, the those things sure. that have come from being a. Positives that have come from being a member of a bond, you know, and uh, a lot. Not everybody sees that. Not everybody gets that. um in terms oh. of you know, this is what it can do for people. And I know I I, I feel like a broken record sometimes on the the podcast, and I'm talking about, you know, even within the book, the bond kept me away from getting involved in stuff that maybe I could have got involved in. You know, I mean, I, just, oh. I keep telling. I grew up on an interface in East Belfast. There was lots of potential distractions for me, and the bond was you know something that kept me away from all of the the stuff that was happening around me and give me a real positive outlet you know in term rather than, than, than being a statistic you know so it's yeah well, I thought, and, and,
1: and even even the friendships that that you develop you know at I, I doubt like and it, we, we haven't had a we haven't had a practice since uh, you know I think maybe two two weeks before before the first lockdown back in back in March but um. You know the, the friendships that, that you develop, like I've, I have friends in the band that you know I've been friends with since I was nine and ten whenever whenever I first joined. and you know you think of, you think of some of the key events that that you go through in your life, either getting married or you know when when children come along and you know th- those friends are, are lifelong friends that that you develop through those uh, through those circles. And you know unfortunately, I suppose we' we're, we're at the stage now within the band where a lot of the the older senior members that would have been there whenever we started. Um, like we've probably had about four four or five deaths in, in the band in the last, um, you know, last three, four years of all those, all those senior members. And, you know, you definitely feel a bit of that the mantle has passed a bit from them onto kind of our generation now. Um, and it's, you know, it's almost like you're, you're the custodian of, of the band in terms of trying to, to, to maintain it, especially with a band like ours. It's like you know, we're 185 years uh, on the go uh, this year. And you know you want it to be there for another hundred and eighty-five uh, years afterwards. And you know it's, but it it is a struggle to try and get some of the younger generation to see uh, the relevance in you know in bands like ours, because you know quite often you know they do want to go out into the into the you know the the the, the blood and thunder bands and, and so on. But you know the like car Band is really it's 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 a family band. Um, and it's made up of, you know, the, the core nucleus of it is probably five or six families um, that, you know, have been there. And then obviously with, 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 with different other families joining in. But um, no, it's definitely something that, that, that we put a lot of importance on is, is maintaining the band moving into the, into the future.
0: And how are you doing that? How are you trying to preserve that sense of heritage and tradition? Obviously having 185 years worth of history, you know, um, obviously you you, you, you don't want to lose that, you just don't want to become a, a bond that's one, that goes off the road or do you remember the Churchill and all that kind of thing? What mm-hmm. are you doing to, to kind of preserve that heritage and, you know, off the bond?
1: Well, I suppose like I have I've two, two kids myself and, you know, that. The, the hope is that they'll, you know, that they'll develop that interest and that, that uh, motivation the same way I did. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of us now that are in the band or, you know, that, that we have youngest children ourselves and that, that they'll, they'll carry through in, in that regard. But it's trying to encourage other members outside of the families uh, as well. Um, the, the, the band, the Lunderry Balance Forum, um, has, been, has been very helpful. In that regard, they're starting to get outreach workers out into the into the schools. And actually Stephen, Stephen Porter from, from our band is is one of the, the coordinators of the of the bands forum. And I know both, both him and Derek are, are doing a lot of good work with, with the local schools and in trying to you know let them see the, the, the positive culture that, that comes along with, with, with the band and circles. Um, but you know one one of the key ways of doing it is getting yourself out there and you know at parades or at concerts and so on and let let the public see you know that that this is what the band does this is you know how how good or or not so good they they are at it um and I suppose we're we're always we're always trying to get you know older members that that maybe for one reason or another dropped out of the band um to try and get them back in and and back, back involved again. Um, but it's definitely, it's, it's, it's not easy. And especially, you know, I know we, we say this all the time, but, you know, for the younger people, there's a lot more appetizing things that they want to do, um, rather than, than coming out and getting involved in bands. And it's, it's really just trying to, to break that, uh, you know, to break that mold a, a, a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, definitely I think there's something to be said about, you know, the work that the the, the Bonds Forum's doing in regards to trying to engage young people around their history and heritage, you know, and recognising, you know, that the bond scene and, and all of that stuff, you know, has a is a major part of you know, not just where they live, but a potential of who they are and the people that they, they can become as well. And I think it's something that, you know, that we could definitely do within the Belfast area is, you know, around a connection with that history and heritage of the, the marching bond scene and stuff and, and helping young people see, listen, you know, this is something worthwhile to be a part of and that it can't have this positive influence and if it can't help you get to places. And I know I've been looking uh, at other things and other, you know, bonds that have been, Utilizing things like, you know, we, we were talking with the, the Brentwood Imperial from Essex, and they've introduced the whole concept of, you know, young people getting, you know, qualifications as a result of being a part of the band. And I know that the bands form are moving into that direction as well. And I think yeah. we really need to de emphasize that, you know, the, the, the band can play a major role in helping you, not just with music, but in life as a whole.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, like uh, quite often the, the bands. The band circle and the band movement get get quite bad press from you know perhaps what you might see is that the other side of the community, but there's also there's also some within the sort of Protestant Unionist loyalist culture that you know equally would would per, perceive bans in in negative. the negative, um, and I think it's trying to trying to overcome um, those negativities and letting letting those folks see the the positivities that 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 come with membership of of bands, like I, you know, like one thing that I, I, I didn't touch it, like I remember, and still do, you know, going out with the band, like your boots had to be as shiny as they could be. The uniform had to be neat and tidy and one thing. And you know, those are all great life skills that that you know young people can can develop for moving into the into the world of world of work and all those other things like commitment and timekeeping is, is is important and working with others and knowing what it's like to be to be part of a group and, and part of an organization and the 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 rights and responsibilities that that come along with that, you know, they're all really, really important life skills that are that are you know very very useful moving moving forward.
0: No, I completely agree, and it's definitely it's one of the reasons behind the podcast is to is to share those positive things you know and, and change that narrative you know that you know that this is something we should be proud of being a part of, and we are proud of being a part of, and we'd want everybody to be as proud of our marching bonds as, as we are as being a, a part of them ourselves. Leads me on well, to maybe another question here in regards to you know. Doing things for your community, which is also obviously a majorly positive thing. What kind of ways does the churchill give back to their community? How do you how do you influence the community around you?
1: Uh, I suppose uh, through the through the, the, the concerts um, that we do at, at you know various different stages throughout the year. Um, like I think you know the, the during the during the the lockdown there. Um, on the, I'm trying to remember, was it the twelfth of July, twelfth August, twelfth of August? I think it was. Um, we 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 prayed it from around uh, the the Fountain Estate, um, and then put on a put on a short concert as as part of a, a festival day that 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 they were having uh, to to celebrate that. But you know, we we do different events. We you know playing uh, at, at church events. Um, every year at, at Christmas time, we do um, we do concerts with um, with the emergency services. They they hold a, a carol service every year in in St Columb's uh, Cathedral, um, and basically just you know when when different groups make requests that maybe could the band come and play this or could the band you know do do this uh, that or the other you know we, we we try to make ourselves as as available uh, as as we possibly can. Because get down to what what's the point in sitting? in the hall practicing on tuesday nights week after week after week if you never then take the opportunity to sort of show your show your talents into the to the community that, that that you live in exactly um so yeah we we, we tried we try to get out as much as much as we can there's you know there's a there's a group of, there's a group of guys like gordon porter and and uh, trevor stewart and david porter and all those boys um and i remember whenever they were they were younger you know they would have had the band going to the opening of an envelope uh, and at that at that stage we were you know those sort of older guys you know we were we were going out with the girlfriends and, and one thing or another And you know that last thing we wanted to be going was here there and everywhere and, you know when you were looking and you were trying to sort of curb their enthusiasm but still by the same time you know try to encourage them because the last thing you wanted to do was for them to end up saying well i'm not going to stay here so sure, that band never goes out and, and, and does anything but uh, those Friday nights and Saturday night parades round the, the country and on one thing around it's definitely a it's a younger man's game, <laughs> uh, that one. But it's it's you know, it's it's trying to trying to strike that happy balance between, you know, like most of us now within the band we're all we're all married men with families and married women with families and so on. But you know, for the, you still have to keep keep the, the younger ones excited and interested and, and motivated. Um, so it, it it used to be whenever I got married, my wife used to go, you're not going to that band tonight again, are you? You going to that band?" <laughs> now, she said. "Why are you not going to the band?" Uh, trying to trying to get me out of the house, but I suppose we've we've all we've all been that soldier.
0: And uh, what about any charitable based work that you used to do, anything that's charity related?
1: Um, well, like most of the most of the. Most of the things that, you know, obviously when when we go out with you know the the Orange and that, we we're, weren't engaged to do that, but every year we would do things like um the the Naval Association uh, hold a hold a parade in May every year here in town to celebrate the, the battle of the battle of the Atlantic. Um, you know, so we would we would go out and, and do things um like that. We try to try to help the Legion out as as, as much as we can through concerts in the, in the Legion and that. Um but um, I'm trying to think of anything else, just off off the off the top of my head that, that we do. Um, no, it's, it's basically just different supporting different community organisations. You know when they're when they're running fundraising events and so on, uh, and for things like that, you know, there's never there's never a charge. You know, in terms of the you know, but you know, bands are incredibly expensive to run. Um, there's no there's no doubt about that. Like if if, if you buy if you buy a concert flute. For you know, for for a band you're you're chatting at least five, six hundred pounds a piccolo, you're chatting a couple of grand, some of those big new bass flutes, um, you're chatting tens of thousands. Um, and you, you know, that it is it's a and it's, it's an expensive thing to run, but it's it's trying to strike that balance between, you know, getting your income that allows you to always refresh your instruments and so on, but at the same time, you know, that you know supporting your your communities as well whenever they're asking you to, to
0: take part in, in events. No, definitely. It sounds like availability um, and just making yourselves, you know, readily available to take part in things is as much a part of, you know, giving to the community as anything else. And obviously, you know, using the music to connect with the, the community is also an extremely positive thing to be doing as well. And I suppose if you're opening yourselves up to some of those organisations, you know, especially the, the Legion and things as well, you know, I mean, that's part and parcel of what we why we do what we do as well and there's a real connection with that side of things yeah i know i know I, I would have had a worry you know whenever
1: everything struck with with covid and so on that you know god if if people fall away from the habit of going to the band is it going to be difficult to get them to get them back but I, I have, i've actually got to the stage now where i think it's it's the opposite i think people are itching to get back to you know their normal. Uh, you know activities and so on that they uh, that they used to take part in, and certainly I know from my my point of view is you know with, with work commitments and so on quite it's it's difficult to always make every Tuesday night, but I'm going at it now with a renewed vigor that whenever the band gets going again, I'll make a point of getting every every Tuesday night because you know for those for those couple of hours that you do go, it is a it's an opportunity to, to get your head charged from. You know things that are going on either in your, your working life or, or professional life or, or even just some things that might be bothering you uh, full stop but to go there and have that crack and banter and the range of different musical um, you know opportunities that you get it's, it's really it's it's incredibly important for, for mental health and well-being.
0: Well completely I think that's one of the things that I'm you know really conscious of in regards to lockdown and the the response to covid and stuff has been you know the recognition that the positive element that being a member of a Bond has in regards to your mental health, you know, that being able to stay in connection with people that, you know, what happens to your 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 brain whenever you're playing an instrument and that just sort of collective gathering, you know, of being a part of something, you know, um, being part of the team, being part of a, a collective group of people, that has a real impact on your, your own well-being as, as a whole and, and I think you don't really maybe notice that until it's gone and I think maybe that's maybe what you're 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 hinting at with the whole idea the real sense of desire to get back at it because you don't really know what you've got till it's gone I suppose you know you don't have well, the, that yeah. free access to it and then you realize just the impact that that, that actually has on, on your life you know and how how has the bond coped during lockdown and during COVID how have you just kept in touch with each other how have you just kept that connection going well, they've, they've there's a there's a Facebook page. Now, I'm
1: I'm not on Facebook myself, but they've they've got the, the Facebook page. They meet they meet regularly to take in money. Of course, <laughs> they haven't <laughs> they they haven't they haven't forgotten that that aspect of it. Um, but there's obviously we've we've met a, a few times to, to collect uh, the our dues or our weekly dues and that. And then we were running uh, we ran a uh, we 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 ran a hundred pound uh, draw there. Recently, we're we're looking to get get new uniforms. Um, so. Uh, we sold hundred tickets at hundred pounds. Uh, you know that you get. So the, we met up at various different stages, just as we were, as we were gathering that. And then last Saturday, mid last Saturday before, would have been Monday's uh, day. And um, so they they had the draw that day. So again, that sort of pulled pulled everyone together uh, online. Um, and then I suppose in 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 July and August we did have that small window uh, where, where things kind of opened up again. And we were able to, to to come together and play that that day in the in the fountain. And uh, so we we had a gathering on the on the twelfth of July, a socially distance gathering uh, here at my house actually on the on the on the twelfth of July. Um, that was there was no playing or anything. I got involved. It was just a, a a couple of cups of tea and a, a coffee and that, as as, as you would know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the on the twelfth of August, what would have been uh, what, what you guys know as Dairy Day. Um, we 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 put on that uh, that concert in the fountain, and then there was a few other bands playing and and that. So we we gathered that, but it was it was great. You know, it was great to to see everybody again, and well, it didn't take too long before the slagging started. And, <laughs> you know, like it's you know some some of some of the if anybody sat and listened to some of the conversations that, that we had at the time and everything boys don't really like each other, <laughs> but you know the the, the relationships that we that we built up over over the year. I was actually saying this to somebody in in school the other day. You know, was, I I've met some. You know, they're mostly through the band, and you can you can slag and slag and slag and slag, and you know that and they'll they'll give you the same back, and that it's all done in in, in good humour. Um, but I've I other friends that you wouldn't dare <laughs> say yeah. anything to. But most most of the guys that are, are the most ruthless in terms of the, the slagging and the banter and whatnot goes on are all within are all within the band. Yeah. Um, and you know it's 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 that ability to laugh at yourself and 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 laugh sort of with with each other. Um, but you know of course there's always there's been difficult times going through uh, when you know where the band really pulls together um, as well. But. No, it's definitely it's definitely something that that you miss, and I certainly can't wait to, to get back at it again.
0: Brilliant. So, just in terms of one last question, if there was one thing that you could share with someone to help them understand the band what would it be?
1: I suppose, like it, it's it's really it's a culmination of, of everything that I that have that I've talked about uh, within this. You know, if if it was if it was a young person that was thinking of joining the band, I suppose I would I would talk about my own experiences. You know, get them get them to come along get them to you know the sample um, you know whether they, they want to get involved in, in, in the percussion end of the band or, or, or in the playing, get them to speak you know to other young people that are that are within within the band uh, and certainly if, if it was a parent that was thinking about encouraging their their, their child to, to join or, or their child to come to them and say look I, I'd, I'd really like to join a band you know, I, I all I could tell them is the very extremely positive experiences that that I've had and you know how I th- think that's really helped shape me as, as a person. Um, but also how it's, it's, it's played a part in in my career as well actually you know the, 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 related to to work. Um, and most most importantly I'd, I'd, I'd let them let make them fully aware of the fun and the enjoyment uh that that it is you know because that's 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 really what it's all about but no matter what you were getting out of it if you weren't enjoying it you just wouldn't go um and you know it's really it's really just emphasizing that real camaraderie and you know friendship and 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 crack that 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 goes along with it
0: well that's brilliant i love that the whole idea foot on a joint there's not always two words that people seem to associate with bonds and the bond scene itself but I f- listening to you and from my own experience definitely two words that, that that sum it up for me there's a lot of fun in terms of being involved in it and the enjoyment that I've got from being a member of a bond and just being a part of you know a group of people doing something very similar all doing something that we all love doing has absolutely been absolutely f- a fantastic influence on, on my life Simon right. thank you very much for taking part in the podcast but an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you on You no, 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 and no thanks problem. for for taking the time out um of your day to, and your evening um to oh, no well there you go folks that's the end of episode number eight i really hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Simon. there was some great stuff there some great stories from his time in the bond and uh, some of the characters that he has engaged with over the years and especially the stories about drew um absolutely fantastic and, and thank you again simon for Taking part in the, the podcast, really appreciate it. Thank you. So, we have two episodes left in the series in terms of stories from band members, and uh, the next one that we have come up is with uh, Joshua Morris, who plays with the uh, Prairie of Ballin' Ron and a few other bands as well. So, we had a conversation quite some time ago now. And uh, looking forward to sharing that with you. And then our very last episode in season number two will be with Stuart Boyd. And uh, Stuart runs a YouTube channel called Accordion Stew. Some of you may be aware of that. And uh, he has uh, a long history of connection with bonds in, in, in Northern Ireland. Um, he was once a, a member of the now long gone um, Parade of Down. And uh, we had an absolutely fantastic conversation, Stu. Um, has, you know, an amazing story, and uh, also he's making his own flutes and doing all sorts of stuff. So you'll really get an insight into the impact that being a member of a band has had on Stu's life as well. We also have one more bonus episode, and I just want to take the time to say thank you to everybody who listened in to the last one with Nicola Pierce around the books uh, behind the walls and um kings of the boyne um i know that was a wee bit of a departure for us maybe something you weren't expecting and you know it was it was worth a shot (laughs) um but thank you to everybody who listened into that there i know i really enjoyed that episode but we do have one more that we're going to to share with you all and that is with uh billy hutchinson and uh gareth mulvana around the book called my life in loyalism and that'll be going out very very soon as well so it'll be out there for you give it a listen and you can tell us what you think so that's it for now so until the next time look after yourselves take it easy and here's the Churchill hill the play is out <laughs>